the Two in a Boat podcast, starring Andrew Easton and Suzanne Easton as they travel across the Baltic on their yacht, Crystal Venture. So it's Sunday the 29th of June and it's half past nine in the morning and it is boiling hot already, probably about 28, 29 degrees already. And we're sitting in the cockpit so it's a little bit windy, it's windy, brisky windy day today and we arrived about about an hour or so ago into Cuxhaven in Germany which is um, a harbour town which is the gateway to the El- River Elbe which is what we're going to go down to get access into the Key Canal. Andrew's just looking at the tide timetables because it looks like the tide timetable we were using is slightly wrong um, but that's okay because we came in in good time uh, on the right kind of tide and in fact we came in just as loads of people ploughed out of the harbour obviously to go and catch the Kiel Canal themselves and which left a few spaces for us. Unfortunately we had our first incident coming in um, in that I hadn't quite put out enough fenders and um, the wind was gusting and we caught the side of the boat as we came into the pontoon I think that's a lesson learned. We need to be uh, a bit more on the ball about our fendering. Uh, so we set off yesterday about... Oh, what time did we set off yesterday, Andrew? 11 o'clock. 11 o'clock. 10.45. Yeah, 10.45. <coughs> and uh, we left Borkham. And... Um, We'd been a bit. We, we went to bed, and there were no boats around us apart from the one at the side of us. And when we woke up, it was like a whole flotilla pop mm. behind us. Wasn't there? It's about four, four, four or so yachts. It's very windy now. You can hear that wind. So apologies for that. Um. So, um, yeah, there were loads of boats rafted up behind us, and one yacht directly behind us. Uh, and we were talking how to get out and Andrew came up with his cunning wheeze as usual and um, and the next time I looked that yacht had gone it was like hurrah it's going to be easy to get out we thought that was really cool didn't we yeah we did and the next time I looked up Goldeneye was coming in there's an even bigger motorboat there a massive motorboat huge motorboat he just used his um, bow thruster to ferry glide in sideways into the space Um, but luckily your cunning plan still worked and we got out beautifully didn't we that was a very neat little bit of exiting, um, reversing out of that space. Um, and the space, bizarrely enough, actually, that berth, we were right next to, what do you call that bit that sort of is like a, it goes up and down and on the pontoon. I don't know if you know, the slipway maybe, but it moves up and down with the tide and all of that. And oh my God, we thought somebody was practicing the trombone or the saxophone, didn't we? Mm. The noises it was making. Um, and with the, having been a boat with a band on coming earlier, you know, it, it could well have been, but actually we discovered it wasn't. It, though, was it? it wasn't. No, no, it was this massive metal slipway next to us. Um, so we're both a bit tired today because we had uh, quite a long sail, nineteen and a half hours. Although thankfully, um, it was not as horrific as a couple of other sails we've had. It was actually quite a pleasant sail. Uh, fairly light winds to start with and actually we came out of Borkham and then we were sailing 
but having to tack all the time, or as Andrew says, we're on a beat, uh, past the wind farm, which took yeah. forever. It took forever, didn't it? And it wasn't even a particularly big wind farm. Because um, no. the tide was against us. Yeah, and the wind wasn't helping. So um, I had a bit of a lesson on how to steer using the telltales. Wind. Yeah, do you want to describe what telltales are, Andrew? Not really. You can, though. All right. So telltales are... Well, they're like bits of cotton, really, which are stitched onto the front and the back of a sail. And one's red and one's green. And they flicker in the wind. And they change the way they flicker, depending on how close or not to the wind they are. I'm now making this up, and you're going to tell me I'm making this up, aren't you? No. Does it sound all right? So, so as long as there's what they call laminar flow over the sails. There's a, okay, there's a laminar flow over the sails. Then there is laminar flow. There's not a laminar flow. <laughs> well, as long as there is laminar flow across the sails, then, then they stay, in effect, stuck to the sails. Okay. And then as soon as that, that flow becomes detached, because the sail needs to be let out, brought in, and you need to stay upwind or downwind, then they'll start to flicker and, and curl. Yeah. It's actually quite a pretty thing to watch. Um, and so you have to use those to help guide whether you're steering, you know, which way you move slightly. Uh, and I was doing quite well on that, actually, I think. You did really well on that. But, um, you know, I was having to stare right up at the top telltales on the Genoa, because those are the better ones, because they move first, apparently. Um, because you've got them in about three different places on the sail. Gosh, it's got very windy now. Um, so there are about three different places that you can look at to see them. So that was good, but actually after about half an hour, oh, the noise is somebody pulling down their, their Genoa on another boat across the, across the way. So we're in a very big marina, actually. Um, picked the windiest time to do that, didn't we? Yeah, we really picked a windy time. It's a huge marina, and we haven't actually yet got off the boat to go and check in. We, we, we've come in, we've washed the boat down, we've done a little bit of cleaning, we're having a cup of tea, we're just checking out our, what we've done. So we reckon we did uh, nine and a half hours underway and we did 111 nautical miles. So what's the average? What's that average out, Andrew? 5.5-ish. So Andrew doing this rain man thing there. Um, and, uh, so which is pretty good. So it was a mixture of sailing and motor sailing, wasn't it? Um, 5.7. 5.7. Oh, that's pretty good, isn't it? Yeah, it's very good. So In fact, we were trying to slow down towards the end. Yeah, so that we got here at the right tidal gate. Mm. Um, although at about mm, quarter past five, because it had taken us quite a while to get to that point, we were worrying about um, whether we were going to have enough fuel because the wind was supposed to have shifted or be shifting. We yeah. didn't seem to be showing any signs of it. Um, and there was a question if we got sufficient fuel to carry on as we were, if we had to. Uh, and so we thought about pu um, putting into Norderney. Yeah which is one of the islands, of the Frisian islands, that we were sailing outside of. Uh, and we had a little look at it and then realised, actually, we didn't think the harbour was going to be quite deep enough. It was just a bit 
it was going to be far too close for it comfort. Was within a few centimetres. Yeah, it was like 1.7 or something, and even with the line for tie, that'd be like 1.8, and we're 1.85, so it's like, mm, okay. So we looked at the fuel, we got about 18 gallons, 19 gallons, and we decided that we probably really did have enough to get to Cookshaven. Um, uh, but we're ho hoping that the wind would come up. And we had a rather yummy dinner then, because last night I made us rather yummy uh, beetroot burgers with chips. Yeah, it was good. Wasn't it, it was good, wasn't it? Um, really yummy. And at the same time, I roasted some more beetroot and onions um, to have in wraps today with like a feta, feta sauce thing that I made as well. Yeah. With mint, and that was yummy. So we had a nicely yummy dinner at that point. Um, and then. Um, Oh. At about one o'clock, I went to bed to have a little sleep, uh, and Andrew was slowing down a bit because he wanted to make it so it wasn't too noisy for me, um, which was very sweet of him. Although I didn't sleep too much, I don't think, but who knows. So I tried tackling back and forth a few times in the mouth of the Jade Estuary, mm. and it, it kind of worked, and then after doing it a few times, I had to start the engine just to clear the estuary because we were... Uh, we were literally just stemming the tide, we were pretty much staying still over the ground. Mm. Um, so we started the engine, moved up a little bit, and then I tried again a little bit further up the coast to try and slow down a bit more. And uh, after about the second or third tack, we were pretty much managing to make the elm, so I just stayed on it and just kept the engine off. And then that was when there was the amazing phosphorescence. Yeah, which I missed. Mm. So, was it everywhere, or...? Well, it's just, well it's, just the w it's just the wake. It's just when, when the water splashes. It's not like, it's not everywhere. It's not just all around you. Mm. It's when water splashes. So if you, like, poured a bucket of water out, you get a massive thing of phosphorescence. Luminescence. Like, bioluminescence. Which is pretty cool to see. We sometimes get that. It is pretty cool, yeah. We sometimes get that in the dark, don't um, we? We sometimes do, yeah, but not to this extent. Really? Yeah, yeah. It was, it was a big wake outside of the pool. Try to film it, but you're never going to film it. No, it never comes out, does it? And actually, we watched a, a lovely sunset. Um, it was a beautiful one last night, wasn't it? And actually, quite a nice sunrise this morning. So I got up again at about two in the morning, um, made Andrew a hot chocolate, uh, and it was still obviously night time, but big red um, glow in the sky and a big crescent moon. And we had the, just the mainsail up then to try and keep the speed down so that we'd hit the river at the right time. And so we were doing about three knots then. And then uh, we put the engine on about quarter past four at the head of the Shorecorn Reef outside the mouth of the Alba. And Which is ironic, uh, really, because we could have left much, much later and we would have had more favourable wind and we would have got. Mm. Uh, we'll have to have a look and see why that tide table's wrong. Yeah. Um, so we had some breakfast at sunrise, um, just some stuff we bought at the bakery before we left, and then loads and loads and loads and loads of container ships were overtaking us in the main traffic lane. We were just outside of it so that we weren't in the main runway in, as it were, uh, but there was loads and loads and loads of them. Uh, there were a few other um, Dutch yachts coming in around the same time as us. Well, yeah, it was really bizarre. They, they sort of stopped in the middle of the channel. Well, they put their sails down in front of a container ship, which I thought was a particularly odd move. Oh, very brave. Mm. Yeah, I don't think we 
would do that. Yeah, so we didn't see any exciting wildlife on this trip, did we? No. And, um, although actually coming into Cookshaven is quite pretty, isn't it? You've got big green yeah. lawns and lots of pretty beach huts on the beach. Um, lots of pretty towers and old lighthouses and things. So we're hoping, although it's a Sunday, we are hoping that some of the shops are going to be open. Yeah, um, head off and explore and see if it's open. Yeah, there's a few th bits and bobs we need to do and we need to load up. We need definitely need to get fuel before we go into the canal. Yeah, because we've got 50-something miles of motoring to do through the canal. Yeah. Well, actually, we can, we can motor sail. So, um, it's a westerly tomorrow, so we should actually be able to sail through it. So we can just pop the jib out and, uh, and just drift down through it, to be honest. Mm. Uh, as long as we have the engine on. Yeah. You've got to have the engine on all the time when you're in the canal. Mm. Obviously not when you're sleeping. <laughs> <laughs> but you're going to travel in day daytime. Yeah, so we have to put in, there are, there are places to put in, aren't there? So we'll be doing that. So we're a little bit tired, so um, not quite as on the ball as maybe we are normally. But actually this Cookshaven is probably the it looks like the biggest city that we've stopped in so far. So. Yeah, yeah, we're sort of kind of blinking in the bright lights of Cookshaven. Oh, I know, because the last place we were in Bokram was really just the harbour. It was, was, was a one-horse town, and really there was no was. horse there. <laughs> the horse had died. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, probably from all the yeah, noise. This town was eight kilometres away. Yeah, and if we'd wanted to refuel there, we'd have had to... I would have had to take the diesel cans eight kilometres away. And then back again. Yeah. And I think that'd have been a bit tricky on my Brompton. That would have been quite amusing to watch, wouldn't it? <laughs> Do you think you'd have made it? <laughs> I think I might have got there, but you would never have seen me again. I'd never have come back. I think I'd have found somebody to give me a lift with my okay. bike and the, and the cans, 40 actually. Ki 40 kilograms of diesel. What, on each handle? Or no. Split? 20 kilograms of each can because it's only the cans on That would have been quite funny to try and do actually. Not really. I think it would have been an would accident waiting to happen. It, yeah, it would have ended up with diesel all over the road and a broken Brompton and a hurt person, I think. <laughs> I'm sure they would manage it in India. Well, yeah, they'd have had five other people on the bike yeah, as well. Exactly, yeah. Do you remember when we used to see people? <laughs> in Delhi, and they would be cycling along with like either a massive piece of glass. Yeah, I saw a guy do that once. Yeah, yeah, yeah. sheet of glass on his his passenger had a sheet of glass on his on his knees. Yeah. Imagine if they had an accident. I know it'd been horrific. Carnage, wouldn't it? Yeah, huge blocks of ice and yeah. and uh, yeah, they you, they used to get a put. We used to have a family of five on the. Bike. It would literally be minced that guy if we'd had an accident. No, I don't. It would have been just horrific. But I'm uh, um, actually, do you know what we did see in um, Udeschil, or how do you pronounce it? Udeschild. Udeschild. That's it, Udeschild. Um, this couple had an electric folding tandem. They did, I know. I did amazing, have bike envy. I got a bit of bike envy when I saw that. That would be rather fabulous. Um, God knows where they got that from. I'll have to look into that. I should think they're ridiculously expensive. But I think that would be a good idea, actually, um, because um, although I really did enjoy our bike ride, um, I was a bit tired afterwards. It's the furthest I've cycled in ages. Electric assist tandem. 
Ooh, and that's how you found it. You Googled it. Yeah. And how much? Two, 2,000 euros? 3,000? What's, what's the price? I don't know. I don't know if it's a... Oh, yes. I think it's a folding one. Oh, you found it. Well, I don't know if it's it. Three and a half grand. Jeez. <laughs> I knew it would be. <laughs> the price of a car. In fact, that's more than I paid for my last car. <laughs> I think... Oh. I think... I think you can afford it. I would hope for that price you could. I would hope for that price somebody folds it for you. They're in stock as well. <laughs> it's funny that, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Well. It's really weird though, because there's there are actually bikes here. There's an electric assist tandem, and it's called the Mustache. <laughs> no, I'm not. That's five thousand eight hundred. The top of the, the the top of the range though is a half recumbent, half recumbent electric assist tandem. So you have somebody sitting in the back who who sits normal, somebody yeah. who sits in the front in a recumbent manner, yeah. who I think steers as well. You've got a big wheel in the back, a small wheel in the front, and it's £6,925. Oh my God. Bargain. That's terrifying. I wouldn't want to sit in either of those seats. It's far too scary. Oh, no, no, no. It's the person who's behind who gets to steer. So the stoker person on the back actually gets to steer. So you, so you could sit on the front and... Pretend to pedal. No, you can sit in front and I'd see if you're not pedaling. <laughs> I don't like this bike at all. We're not getting this could, one. And I could, I could like whisper in your ear because when, when I say, when, when, when you decide sometimes you just stop pedaling, don't you? <laughs> well. So all of a sudden I'm, I'm pedaling against you. <laughs> Is that right? <laughs> no. I just have a little rest on every now and then. I like to freewheel downhills. And actually, if that's an electric bike, it doesn't matter if I stop pedalling, surely. Well, that's if I'm pedalling. Because all of a sudden I'm like, I can't pedal. <laughs> you mean I actually put make that much a difference when I'm cycling? That's I'm, been, I'm impressed. I didn't say that. That you notice when I stop. <laughs> oh, dear. So I don't know how we got onto cycling. This, was, this is supposed to be a podcast about sailing. All right. But Oh, here comes another boat coming oh, it's in. It's got grey sails. Oh, I love grey sails. They're beautiful, aren't they? They're gorgeous. They are a thing of beauty. Oh, that's what I'd like, some grey sails for my boat. But not this time. Not this time. Do you know what? They look vaguely familiar. What, the sails? Or is Carl Lagerfeld looking like he's just stepped out? Yeah. Oh, God, he's got an Look at him with his pecs. He's a silver fox. Pecs? They were man boobs. They were pecs, look at that. They weren't pecs. And he got, he looked, he had a little bit of a look of... Um, of the chiselled master race. One of the Kemp brothers. The one who was in EastEnders. You know how he's gone all silver foxy and blue eyes? It's like a cross between him and the guy who was in Berg and... Um, Beck, you mean. In Beck, rather. Yeah, the guy who was in Beck and also in that sex education with oh, Julian Anderson. Oh, look at the sale they've replaced it with. They've replaced oh, that ratty old one with an <gasps> absolute thing of beauty. Oh, yes, those people who, who were making a noise with their sale before have just replaced a normal 
cream coloured sail with a grey sail. Grey, tri-radial cut. It's got battens down down the leech. That's oh, beautiful, that, isn't that's it? That's a beautiful, beautiful sail. Very nice. Very nice indeed. Oh, and is that our first Swedish boat? No, that's not Swedish, is it? That's... Danish to it. Yeah, Danish, sorry. That's the first Danish one I've noticed. Yeah, that's Danish. Danish flag. That's not actually the Danish flag, but it's similar to the Danish flag. Mm. Which was the cross of light showing over Estonia after they conquered it, wasn't it? Was it? Apparently so. I did not know that. Mm. So, oh, they're coming back again. Oh, maybe he's going to birth next to us. Oh, I need a reward. No, they're still looking. He's going very fast if he's still looking. Mm -hmm. Maybe maybe he's going to reverse it again. Yeah. Um, and the good-looking guy's disappeared again. No, nope, going past. I don't know where they're going. So, this actually is a great marina for people and boat watching, isn't it? Because it's it's like a, a long, broad avenue, whereas before other ones we've been in, it's been like little, little sort of. Berths, where there's just been a few boats in, whereas this one you can see all the way down, all the boats. It's really rather good. So there's a couple of yachts faffing around out there. I'm not sure what they're going to be doing. It's quite exciting. Oh, I'm just getting my shoes on. Oh, sorry. Just, is that just in case they do come in here and see if can help them? Yeah. So that's the sound of Andrew putting on his new deck shoes he got himself. And are they comfortable? Yeah, they are, yeah, apart from my little <laughs> oh, that's, a, that's a new shoe rub though, isn't it? <laughs> it is a new shoe New rub. shoes always do rub. Ooh, ooh. So he's going, he looks like he's going somewhere with purpose, but there's somebody else coming up the other way. It's like Piccadilly Circus here today. So he's going back down again, but I think he's a 36 footer, so. Should be in the next row along, really. Yeah, I think that's maybe where he's going, he's going down. Because what they, they have yeah, here is, yeah, just that what's very good here is in the harbours that they put up on the side what size boats can fit in the berths. Oh, it is good, isn't Which it? I've never known in the UK. Um, and these little flappy things which are either green or red to say whether it's free to enter or not, which yeah. also is really helpful. Um, which again, I don't think I've seen in the UK. No, I'm going to nip down the row actually and change a few in a minute. What two? Whatever they're not. <laughs> That's so mean. <laughs> no, I'm not. <laughs> That's really bad. That'd be bad karma. Yeah. No, we'll not do that. I think what we need to do is go and get checked in. Yeah. Go and find the that. shower lock, block and go and find out if there's any shops open and go and buy some yummy things. Yeah, let's go do it. All right. So, thanks everybody for putting up with us. We hope um, you're having a good time and we will speak to you again soon. Take care. Bye.